Stay in the know with Radio 2000 Podcast. We received an email from Unziki. Unziki says, hey, hello, Ndombi. I wonder if you can help me. My name is Unziki and I am 45 years old. Two years ago, I woke up not feeling well and I decided to go to the doctor. He ran a few blood tests and a few days later, the results came back saying I have HIV and AIDS. I immediately got onto medication. Two months later, I fell extremely sick and went to another doctor. He took my bloods and told me that I had been diagnosed with HIV AIDS. He was extremely shocked because my blood was clear. Or rather, he took my bloods, right? Let me go back there again. And I told him that I had been diagnosed with HIV AIDS. He was extremely shocked, the doctor that is, because when he took uh, the bloods and the results came, Nziki's blood was clear. I went to about 10 doctors after that uh, and my blood had no sign of any disease. How do I sue the doctor for all of this? Is it possible that, uh, is it possible and what is the procedure? So there you go, you've got Nziki who two years ago wasn't feeling well and decided to go to the doctor. The doctor ran tests and the results came and they said that she's got HIV, right? Two months later, she fell extremely sick again, went to another doctor. The doctor did the same thing. And uh, she, of course, then volunteered the information and said, I have HIV. The doctor was shocked and said, ah, Nziki, your blood is clear. Nziki wants to know, can I sue? Can I sue? Because she then went to 10 other doctors who confirmed that her blood is indeed clear. And there is no HIV, like the first doctor said. Can she sue? Does she have the right to? On the line of God, Christopher Zatawana, who's hopefully going to help with all this confusion, uh, confusion rather. He's the head of corporate affairs at the Health, um, the Health Professions Council of South Africa. Good morning, Christopher. Um, good morning, Dombi, and good morning to your listeners. Thank you so much for giving us your time. So uh, this conversation was sparked by an email that we received from our listener. Nzigi, 45 years old. Two years ago, she says she woke up feeling not, she she wasn't feeling too good, decided to go to the doctor. They ran a few blood tests and then the results came back saying that she's HIV. She immediately went on medication. Two months later, she was extremely sick again. She went to another doctor who took blood tests. She then disclosed to the doctor that, by the way, doctor, I have HIV. The doctor was extremely shocked, says no, but I've got the results here. Your blood is clear. She then went to 10 other doctors, Christopher, who said that there is no HIV in your blood. Can Nziki sue? Because that's essentially what she's asking. Uh, once more, thank you so much, um, Dombi. I think it's really quite an unfortunate situation that Ntiki had to be put through. Mm. But from the HPCSA perspective, what we can indicate to her, as well as members of the public, is that um, they do have a recourse, uh, a redress process through which they can take um, our registered practitioners to account. Mm. This can be done through the following ways. I think I must first indicate the issue of suing the practitioner involved is a completely different process because this is a process that involves 
lawyers and, and the courts and yeah, so on and so on. Yeah. So the practitioner does have uh, that leeway to follow that approach. Mm. But from an HPCSA perspective, it is our responsibility to guide the health profession with the sole purpose of protecting the public. Mm. So in doing so, um, aggrieved members of the public have a right to lodge a complaint with us um, as the HPCSA so that we can make sure that the affected uh, health practitioners is made to account. Mm. This they can do through different, um, the following two ways. One way of going about it could be to get in touch with us through our call center, where they can engage our call center agents who will assist them in terms of the process to follow, to lodge a complaint against a particular doctor. That's one. Secondly, they can also get in touch with us through our website, which is www.hpcsa.co.za. If they get into the ICON Legal and Regulatory Affairs Department, they will be able to get into the Complaint Handling Unit Department. In that section of our website, there are very clearly defined steps to follow in terms of lodging a particular complaint uh, which relates to a specific uh, health, profet- uh, health profet- practitioner. Mm. Now, Christopher, is Nziki suing the doctor or is she suing the hospital or the practice or can she sue both? Because w- when you think of doctors, can are you able to separate them from the hospital they work um, at or do you combine and sue everybody? Um, as I said when I started, the issue of suing is not particularly uh, relevant to our mandate yeah. as the HPCSA. Yeah. However, the little I can assist with is that the person to be sued here would be the practitioner involved. Mm. Because us, as the Health Profession Council of South Africa, we don't register hospitals. I we see. register practitioners. Uh-huh. So it is the doctors who are expected in terms of our practice uh, to operate ethically and ensure that they follow the code of practice. So yeah. the person to be sued here, without going more deep into the issue of suing, would be the practitioner involved more than the hospital. But these are issues that can be discussed by the aggrieved person with their lawyer. What I would like to assist with from the HPTSA perspective is to share with the aggrieved uh, patient or member of the public the process to follow to make sure that the um, doctor involved in this matter is made to account mm. through different committees that we have within the HPCSA. Mm. And how then would the, pract- uh, the, the practitioner be held accountable by the HPCSA? Because you say yeah. that you deal with, with doctors and not necessarily the practice. That, that is correct. Um, once a complaint has been lodged with us, there are relevant committees that look into the complaint. First, we look into whether this complaint um, shows any negligence on the part of the doctor involved or there is a, a level of incompetence on the part of mm. the, uh, the doctor. Once that has been determined, um, we also look at whether the transgression is minor or it is major. And if it is major, this matter will be taken to an unprofessional uh, conduct of inquiry, which is quite detailed. This committee of inquiry gives an opportunity to both the complainant as well as the doctor who is being accused so that we can hear 
both sides of the story to ensure that mm. the process is fair and it is also um, relevant to the issue at hand. Mm. So once we have determined um, the merits or demerits of the case, there are a number of sanctions that can be imposed to the doctor. Let's mm. say in case the doctor is found guilty of incompetence or negligence, yeah. um, that doctor can be fined a particular amount of money depending on what it is that they have been found guilty of. Mm. Secondly, they can also be suspended from practicing for a particular period of time. It could be a year, it could be five years, while they are being monitored mm. and mentored. And, and in a worst-case scenario, we could have a situation where they can be deregistered completely mm. from the register to be banned from practicing within the, the Republic. Yeah. Is there margin for error in the health profession as per the guidelines of the HPCSA, Bab? There is definitely a margin for error because doctors are also human yeah, beings. They yeah. also make mistakes. Just as we in our own different professions, we also do make mistakes. So those are issues that will be looked into by the, the relevant committee to see if there was really negligence or it's a matter of incompetence. And if there is an issue of incompetence, that's where um, the relevant committee of the HPCSA will make sure that the sanctions that are imposed Ah, mm. How long does this process take? I mean, uh, it, clearly there's going to be an investigation, gathering of information, gathering of evidence, and then the final, final verdict. How long does this process take? Um, th- thank you so much, um, Dombi, for, for that question. Maybe let me start by indicating that if the matter that has been brought to our attention is found to be minor, mm. um, this matter will be taken to the chief mediator, who will bring both the two parties around the table to discuss what actually happened and how best this matter can be resolved. And this could be something that can be done or dealt with within a week or two because this is a minor transaction. But in case of a major uh, transaction, this could take a period of at least three to four months because there are presentations that need to be made by both the accused as well as the doctor uh, the, the accused doctor as well as the complainant. There has to be um, involvement of our legal department who will make sure that all processes are looked into before we come to a resolution of um, what actually happened in terms of this matter. So to respond to your question directly, this could take between three to four months at least. Mm. Can you give us examples of what a minor and a major transgression looks like? Because lots of women called in saying that they, they, they woke up feeling a sharp pain in their abdomen and then they went to the hospital. The hospital said, no, you've got an ectopic pregnancy. They did a major op. Only afterwards, the doctors were just like, no, man, this is not an ectopic pregnancy. In actual fact, you were pregnant and uh, we advise that you not keep the baby because of the major surgery surgery that just happened, would that be considered a minor or a major transgression? Um, um, any issue that actually threatens the life of members of the public will always be considered as my, a major uh, transgression. For example, a situation where you are misdiagnosed with HIV when in actual fact yes. you do not have the disease, yeah. that is definitely a serious transgression or major transgression because it leads to a different way of life in terms of mm. the person who is affected. They need to change their lifestyle and so on on the basis 
of misdiagnosis. That would be one of an example of major transgression. Um, issues like minor transgression could be a situation where maybe a doctor, due to whatever uh, the environment that he or she is operating in, uh, prescribed a medication which is incorrect. As much as it also has um, uh, replications yeah. to the, the member of the public or the patient, I think it would make sense for this doctor to explain themselves the reason why they ended up providing different prescriptions. Those are issues that can be looked into as minor transgression. But where there are major transgression, the HPCSA has the responsibility to make sure that the doctor involved is made to account and uh, the sanctions are hefty to make sure that going forward, uh, this does not happen to the members of the public. Mm, let's talk money, Christopher. Let's talk settlements. There was a caller that sent a voice. Actually, there's a listener that sent a voice note saying that um, something similar happened to a friend of his. Um, the friend was misdiagnosed and they said that he's got HIV when in fact he doesn't. Then the doctor said in in a private conversation, no, I will pay you 3,000 rands every single month and this is for as long as I am practicing as a doctor. Just don't sue me, right? That was a conversation that happened privately. Uh, monetary value, how is it calculated? Because clearly this doctor said, yo, I could potentially lose my license here. Let me rather settle this and not get the HPCSA involved. Um. Uh, be just to start with, that conversation on its own is quite unethical. And mm. um, the doctor is not supposed to get into that kind of discussions or conversation with a patient. That's why we can, as a as the HPCSA, we cannot put a monetary value in terms of that because yeah. it is actually not supposed to happen in the first place. Yeah. So uh, it, it, it goes against the code of practice. What should have happened would have been for the aggrieved person to bring this to the attention of the HPCSA, if this matter is found to be a major transgression, uh, the practitioner will have to face the consequences without um, underhandedly discussing this matter mm. with uh, the patient. Mm. So there are no issues of how much can this be, how much can that be. No, no, we don't even get involved in that because that becomes a, an issue of the police because there's bribery yeah. involved. Yeah. Uh, contact details, um, Mr. Christopher, because I know there's a lot of people that uh, want to reach out to the council to get some sort of assistance. Where can they get a hold of you, of the body? Um, members of the public can always get in touch with us through our call center. Mm -hmm. um, the number is 012-338-9300 or 9301. If I can repeat it, yes, then don't please. It it is 012-338-9300 or 9301. They can also get in touch with us through our website, which is www.hpcsa.co.za. Any information that they might need is available on our website. But should um, they not be able to get um, assistance through our website content, mm. our call center is available to assist. Thank you so much, Papa, for giving us your time this morning. Thank you. Thank you. We just had a wonderful conversation with Head of Corporate Affairs at the Health Professions Council of South Africa, Christopher Zatawani. If you missed it, catch the rewind on radio2000.co.za.